Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons is next on Faith Radio. Before we get to the show today, we want to take you back to just a few weeks ago during the Q 2018 conference down in Nashville and let you enjoy some of the highlights that were heard during the conference. In this world and in the world that's coming, the restoration of culture is the recognition of persons. That is what the early Christians did for Rome. It is what we must do today. If you're living a life of freedom and purpose, will you give the keys of freedom to those who are begging for freedom, whether you believe they deserve it or not? And God calls us wherever we're able to open our hearts and our homes to those that are most in need, to get up close and personal, to love the poor as our families, not as a project. Am I politically homeless? Are we? If so, so be it. Q2018 was a time to think well and advance good. Reality is, there's an enemy who wants nothing more than to destroy you, destroy me, destroy your churches, tempt you. He'll disguise himself in every possible way. And do we really take enough time to talk about that? And it's not too early to start thinking about Q2019. I believe that the world is watching and waiting to see the Christians actually love one another. That we would actually not be a people who were known for what we were against, but known for what we are for. The reason we have all this chaos in our culture is because God's people are not living out kingdom virtues in every area of their lives. We need to recover this biblical truth. True repentance doesn't just regret. True repentance repairs. Q2018 was one for the books, but Q2019 is coming up next year, April 24th through the 26th, 2019 in Nashville. Now, don't think it's too early to start registering because we're already 50% sold out. So go to qideas.org where you can register now for next year's Q conference in Nashville. And when you do, as a special bonus, we'll give you full access to stream all of the Q2018 conference videos. Again, go to qideas.org to register. Now, here's this week's edition of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. We all know that our ambitions and our appetites and our longings for approval can take us to places that our characters won't sustain. That they'll take us to places that we don't have the capacity to resist. And in those places... Our dreams become our rights. Our popularity determines our success. Our needs can become our necessities. And our celebrity is interpreted like it's an anointing. Welcome to another edition of the Q Podcast. I'm Gabe Lyons. And today we're talking about a subject that we talk a lot about around Q. We've been talking about it for over 12 years now. And it's the idea of calling. And I think when we hear the word calling, it conjures up a lot of ideas now. I would say 12 years ago, that wasn't something being talked about as much in the church as it would be 
today, but now the church has embraced, I think, the idea that each one of us has unique assignments from God that we are to carry out. And it's not that historically the church didn't think this way. It's just in the last few decades, we maybe got a little bit away from that. We started to see pastors and church leaders as maybe the main primary calling or primary ministry that had the most importance in the kingdom of God. And I think there's just been a nice leveling out for us to recognize that God's at work in every single sphere, every single place we could show up. And he often is looking for people who just understand that he's on the move, that he's at work. It's not about what they're doing on Sunday. It's about those other five, six days of the week in their neighborhood, in their community, or maybe uh, in their actual occupation. And so we asked Joe when we began Q this year, we said, let's have a talk that could help us kind of recenter this idea of calling. Because in a, in a generation now, and all of us being very influenced by kind of individualism and the idea that kind of everything's about us, it's about what we want, it's about our desires, it's about us pursuing our goals, our dreams, our ambition, that in many ways that's creeped into our lives and into the church and it's made its way into the way we think sometimes. And so I find a lot of times when I'm talking to college students or I'm talking to people who are trying to figure out their calling, there are times where that conversation begins very much in a myopic place of looking at themselves, of kind of staring at their own gifts or looking themselves in the mirror to say, what do I want? What do I feel like I ought to do? And the reality is the calling has to come from the caller. It's not just about what I want to do. It's about recognizing what is God up to? What is he trying to do in the world? What is it that he loves? Who is it that he cares for? What is it that he's trying to advance? And how do I get to use my gifts to be a part of that? So it's not that he dismisses the gifts or the experiences or all of the skills and talents that he's given us. He wants to use those, but he often wants to use those for the purpose of others, for the purpose of serving his greater kingdom purpose is not just serving ourselves, not just as ways to make money or ways to create more comfort in our lives. And so we asked Joe Saxton, who's an incredible speaker and presenter, but just a pioneer in the church planting space. I first met Joe in 2010. She spoke at our Q event we did in Chicago that year, and she had come as a recommendation from several friends because she was someone who was living this out on the ground as a church planter in inner city spaces, trying to understand what the missional church looks like. She continued that work with 3D Ministries. Now she chairs their board, uh, an amazing ministry that really has been a real innovator in helping people understand, and especially church planters, what it might look like today to create churches that are 100% on mission seven days a week. Well, Joe came and, and came to Q to give a talk called Calling Versus Narcissism. Calling Versus Narcissism. And making the distinction between how a narcissist might think, somebody who's very obsessed with themselves, who really puts everything through the lens of just their own identity, their own needs, their own desires, to the differences between what would a calling look like. And it was a good reminder to this audience here at Q of leaders, people who are driven and could be seen as quite ambitious who are pursuing great dreams in many cases for the kingdom of God to just be reminded of who we're doing this for, what the importance of this is, and to really kind of level set our expectations about how God might want to work in the world. Now, Joe recently released a book called The Dream of You, where she speaks to these issues of calling. She tells a lot about her own story of kind of growing up in a home that, that she had to deal with narcissist tendencies. She had to encounter this in our own life, so she understands it very personally. But she also wants to encourage us to kind of let go of our broken identities and really understand the life that we were made for. So let's listen in to Joe Saxon on calling versus narcissism. Mm -hmm. 
Greek mythology, there's a story of a young man who is so in love with his own reflection, it destroys him. His name is Narcissus. 2,000 or so years later, and a number of psychologists later, we have a definition for a condition called the Narcissistic Personality Disorder. I bet you're wishing the microphone was off now, aren't you? A condition whereby um, someone has an inflated sense of their own importance, troubled relationships. As a result of that, no room for anyone else. Lack of empathy for others. In popular culture, though, the word goes around a fair bit. There are books that would even say that we have a narcissism epidemic. They blame things like helicopter parents, getting an award for coming 14th place, for the rise of our celebrity, popular culture stars on YouTube and social media. There are others who would disagree with them, though, and simply say all that our culture is doing now is magnifying what's always been. What's always been. But what does that matter to us anyway? What's the big deal about that anyway? I mean, we are like totally loved by God. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Yay! We are awesome. We are sent and here to change the world. We are gifted. We are talented. We're amazing. We're worth dying for. Narcissism never touches our lives at all, does it now? Narcissism doesn't even come close to us, does it now? And yet as we begin this gathering together and we look at all the spaces where we have influence, where we have opportunity, the environments that we're in, I think it is important that we ask ourselves some questions in this area. You see, we all know that our ambitions and our appetites and our longings for approval can take us to places that our characters won't sustain. That they'll take us to places that we don't have the capacity to resist. And in those places, our dreams become our rights. Our popularity determines our success. Our needs can become our necessities. And our celebrity is interpreted like it's an anointing. I remember having a good friend of mine who um, said to me one day, she goes, I'm sick of being a Christian. I'm sick of being a Christian because I was told that when you became a Christian, all your dreams came true. And it made you really happy. And I was like, honey, that's Disney. That's not. But she was told, she was told that. And I do feel as we begin this journey together, it's worth us asking ourselves in the spaces we're in, in the places we have opportunity. Where is this calling a call? And where is this calling a need about us? Where are these opportunities something that God is drawing us into and sending us out to? And where is it something we need as a way of self-actualization, wish fulfillment, our destiny, Disney style? I didn't want to do a kind of, you know, if you're a narcissist, if. However, I am going to share some symptoms, some symptoms of narcissism. And we'll just, if they go by, let them keep on going. Because if there's an epidemic, we want to know whether we've kind of caught the fever. If there's an epidemic, we want to know if we've kind of picked something up that's one of those slow-acting viruses that debilitates us and all that we're about and has the opportunity and the potential to steal all that God is doing away. So the symptoms. Yay! 
These are from the Mayo Clinic, so don't hate me. People with a disorder can have an exaggerated sense of self-importance. A sense of entitlement that requires constant and excessive admiration. They exaggerate their achievements and their talents. How big is your church? How many people attend? And there's a temptation to give the Christmas numbers. How much money does your business make? Christmas numbers. They believe they're superior and can only associate with special people. They expect particular favors. They take advantage of people to get what they want. The end justifies the means. Ever taken advantage of people to get what you want? Helping make your dreams come true? The list goes on, but we don't have the time, and I think we're all glad for that. But... When I go through this and I reflect on the ideas in popular culture about what narcissists are, I'm always reminded I'm one breath away. If I'm honest, my ambitions take me one breath away. My appetites take me one breath away. My desire to be liked will take me one breath away from making me the center of it all and calling it a calling, calling it serving and it actually being about meeting my desperate needs. So how do we respond? Well, a couple of words from Jesus for us to reflect on. When he calls his disciples, he says this, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me in the gospel will save it. A couple of areas where I want to encourage us to consider what it means to take up our cross. Number one, in our soul care. It's often the environment that produces a narcissist, alongside other behavioral things. How's your soul doing? How are your wounds doing? How are the broken pieces of your life doing? Because you look way shiny when you're successful. How's your emotional and mental and physical health? I often say this, I would rather have counseling for a year than need it for 20. I wonder if there are areas of your life that people won't question you on now because you look so wonderful. But actually, it's time and it's not too late to make space to do the work. Number two, an area where we may need to pick up our cross and deny ourselves and follow him. Community. Community, do you have people who know you know you? Who can ask you difficult and frankly embarrassing questions about you? In Celtic spirituality, they had the Anamkara, the soul friend who would travel for miles across a country to ask their fellow friend, their fellow missionary face to face how they really were, how they truly were, how they were actually doing. Who would ask about the things that would tear away all that they were about who would delve into their hungers and still call them friend. And then the final thing that I would encourage us to consider, if narcissism is where we're at the center, what does it look like to center someone else? I think our challenge is to leverage our power, and yes, we have it, and to leverage our privilege and to leverage our opportunities and to sacrifice for the sake of another. That'll get the narcissist out of the way. 
We might call it serving and saying that'll help. But you know, we can serve and still look good. But can we deny ourselves? Can we leverage what we have for another generation, another people group, another way? And you might not even get the credit. Our callings are calling. And there's so much noise in the way. I want to encourage us. Let's pick up our crosses, deny ourselves, and follow the best leader on earth, the one who shows us how to do it. Thank you. As I told you, Joe would bring it pretty straight, pretty clear, pretty bold. And I hope you've been encouraged and reminded and maybe even convicted about the way in which we ought to think about calling. She reminded us that we need to take account is when is this calling truly a call from the caller? And when did this become maybe just about us? And I think that's a careful thing. Idolatry is one of those things that just creeps its way in to our lives. And we have to kind of assess, always do an assessment of Am I making an idol out of this? Am I trusting this thing I'm pursuing to deliver to me much more than what it ever could or much more than it ever was meant to do? But have I created that? Because so many times our idols cause us to sacrifice so many other things that God wants for our lives. It can cause us to sacrifice our family, our children, sacrifice our integrity because we're trying to climb this ladder, climb this mountain, climb this thing that maybe as Christians, we've kind of baked in our own mind to be about God when really it was just about us. And so Joe just reminded us, I think today, of how to take account of that, of how to assess that. And for those of you who are leading teams and you have young people around you a lot who are trying to pursue their calling, trying to figure this out, take a moment to spend time with them, to, to better talk through that with them, to help them try to navigate the tension of that, the tension of wanting to pursue the thing God's put in their heart but also ensure that it's not just about them, that it's about serving others. And that can be complicated. It can require a, quite a personalization process in those conversations. But take time to do that because if you can help set someone's trajectory early in their life, they can avoid a lot of pain and they can also enjoy a lot of purpose. Gabe will be back in just a few moments on Q Ideas for this week. We're talking about the issue of calling, and as you heard Joe Saxton talk about just a bit ago, dealing with the issue of, well, narcissism and the issue of calling. What about, what about fear? What about surrender? Gabe mentioned a few moments ago that Q Ideas has talked about the issue of calling a lot through the years. Back in 2016, one of the other messages you can find at QIdeas.org is by Pete Richardson. Pete is a life coach. Now, he has helped hundreds of organizations through the StratOp process, most notably OtterBox, who used the StratOp to grow from a $4 million to a $1.4 billion annual business. Pete has also guided over 800 people through the life plan process, including Gabe Lyons and his wife, Rebecca. Back in 2016, they sat down with Gabe for a conversation at a Q conference that year and talked about calling, ambition, and surrender. Here's just a portion of what they discussed. A majority of humanity goes to the grave never fully realizing their yeah. God-given talent. Yeah and investing that and leveraging that in their lifetime. So just quickly, you, you have, I know this takes a lot of time to normally unpack, but just give us kind of the bullet points of like, what, how do you find your calling and this God assignment that you believe everybody has, how would you, how would you yeah. know that in the basic ways? I think we have to pause long enough in the speed-driven lives we live to, to get perspective. 
and and I I don't think there's a a linear approach to that. Yeah. I think it's seeing calling in the course of your lifetime. I think it's it's understanding the intersection of what God's invested in you with the talents He's gifted you with, and then listening to your God-inspired heart, and that's where it gets messy. But the heart is the compass. It points the way. And it, if, if you're listening to that God-inspired heart within you, it's telling you where to invest those talents. And so it, it calling the clues to calling are found in the intersection of my God-given talents and my God-inspired heart. Pete, level with us. I mean, we've got three minutes, but part of what I wanted you to speak to, you've sat with hundreds of Christian leaders, a lot like the people sitting here uh, this morning, having probably some of the most private, intimate, confidential conversations they were ever willing to have with someone about their surrender, that that topic, but also the, how God uses suffering in their life to, to do things. Um, and I know even in my own like life with a counselor who's been helping me work through stuff, he, he, he says, look, the Christian community is the one community where it's, it's like perfectly suited for somebody who's super achievement oriented, really interested in success. It just kind of helps them like run down that path and, and lead things and, and be visible to people. And it fulfills like a lot of wounding. Um, and so that's why you see a lot of things happen in the Christian community that maybe you don't see as much other places or, or you don't expect it as much. Um, how would you speak to all of us today about taking seriously the, the, that caution and those wounds and how much this idea of pursuing calling can sometimes become an idol? Like, how would you just speak to our hearts? And we won't have time, obviously, to work through it, but at least help people start to go down a path when they leave here tomorrow to think about some things. If, if, your, identity is in, if your identity is in seeking the destination of an achievement, your identity is probably in the achievement. God wants our hearts. And I totally agree with that. So I think we have a messed up view of suffering. I think Viktor Frankl has it right. He has a beautiful theology of suffering. And, and even Paul wrote about we grow through embracing the sufferings of Jesus and how those play out in our lifetime. So there's a lot to learn in the dark seasons of life. They're not to be glossed over. Um, we call those sort of life gate moments in someone's storyline. And, and those can be radically transformational and beautiful in the outcome. Surrender is the portal to living the life God designed you to live. And if you don't fully go through it, you'll have a, a, a shortened, frustrated view of your sense of calling. Mm. Because full surrender realigns the motives. Proverbs 16.2 says, God is weighing the motives of the heart. And that's, it really all comes down to motives. What's driving me to do what I'm doing? Why am I doing that? And when that's more this than this, it changes the game. And that's, that's the life of joy where we find meeting on the other side of great loss and suffering. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts just to encourage us as these guys go back and they're, they're leading, you know, college students and, people who are going to pursue these questions, the best thing they could do when that person comes and says, hey, I really want to pursue my passion. What's the next step in that conversation? Engage them. Engage their stories. Walk with them through the process of discovery over time. It's not a book necessarily. It's not a short experience. It's a journey. Well, Pete, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights with us. Let's thank them for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, guys. 
That was just a small portion of the almost 20-minute conversation that Gabe and Rebecca Lyons had with Pete Richardson on calling, ambition, and surrender. If you want to listen to the full video, go to qideas.org and on the search, look for Pete Richardson. Now here's Gabe Lyons, and he'll close out our show for this week. Joe Saxton's book, The Dream of You, I think is an incredible resource, not just for you personally, but probably a book to read with a close friend, somebody who knows you well, who can actually help you process through some of what she's describing and figure out how it could apply to your life. You can also watch that talk online. And anytime as you're listening to one of these podcasts, we make the talk available via video. So if you're a visual learner, you'd like to see the person speaking. If you just go to qideas.org right now, you'll see this on our homepage. And if it's not on our homepage, because you're listening to this later, Simply search it in the search box, put in Joe Saxton, and you can listen to this talk and many other talks on the idea of calling. We care a lot about Christians understanding their calling. We believe in these different areas that God's called us to, these seven channels of cultural influence, that we all have a place to be faithful in it. And the more we can understand what God might be trying to do in those places, the more confident we may be as we try to serve, be creative, be innovative, challenge the process, confront the things we see going wrong or off the rails or are promoting something that's unjust or not the way that we believe the kingdom of God ought to operate. And I think you'll draw encouragement from that and strength from that as you continue to discover what your calling might be. Well, we look forward to another conversation in another week with our next podcast. Please tell your friends about this. Invite them into this. This is a weekly way for us to just get educated on that drive to work, or maybe you're out for a run, or you're just listening in your own home, but a, but a way for us to just be encouraged and hear from different voices, people that you might not often hear from, but they're going to kind of keep us as Christians thinking about how to be faithful and how to engage culture well, how to be distinctive and countercultural, but try to live out a life that honors God, but also serves his kingdom purposes in our culture. So we'll be praying for you as a team and encouraging you as you move along in this process and let Q be a resource to you as you keep learning and keep challenging yourself to advance the common good. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.